Oh, hi there. Hello. Hey now. Hola. And ba weep grana weep nini bong. However you want to say it, welcome to that Kev One show. We're about positive vibes and, you know, the train to where we need to go on this crazy apocalyptic uh, train ride that we find ourselves on cosmically. It's your destination chat-wise for film talk from your favorite friendly neighborhood actor, me, Kevin Michael Watson. Welcome back to that Kev One Show. My next guest is no stranger to you if you're a fan of horror, film, independent adventure, and more. He's actor, director, Dylan Hillerman, creator of The Night Attacks. Welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? Fantastic. How are you, drunk Batman? <laughs> oh, not bad. Not, uh, not very drunk at the moment, though. Oh, hell yeah. Man, it's the weekend. What's going on? <laughs> uh, gosh, at the moment, uh, not much. I've been doing a lot of editing, but... Uh... I managed to get a cold this week, so I sort of slowed things down a bit. Last night, I finished making a little commercial for the for Guignol Fest uh, for the horror film contest with, uh, and I managed to get a little video from Ma- Malcolm McDowell. Oh my God! Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. So I just uh, posted that early this morning and woke up to a bunch of people going, "What the hell?" Oh my God! Yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah, for my viewers that yeah. don't know, uh, Guignol Fest, I'm probably mispronouncing it, is uh, the Pacific Northwest like leading horror, the original horror film festival, right? Uh, the original uh, three-day horror film contest, um, specifically. There, uh, there are at least one other one in town. I think the Lovecraft does a uh, time-based uh, horror movie contest, and, and they have taken the model of the three days after us, but... Um, the idea for mine, of course, the rules were more based on 48 hour film festival. And I actually entered a contest years ago called the six, six, six. That, that was only two days. And, um, my, I tested the, <laughs> tested my movie on five different platforms or at least three and they all worked. And for some reason they didn't work on the one at that place at the venue so mine didn't get shown, but oh my god! You mean been, you mean tech wise uh, it didn't work, or what do you mean like it wouldn't? Yeah, mm. yeah, it, tech, it just didn't play, and I, I wasn't oh. upset because I was just so happy to see all these locally made horror films. And a few months later, the guy who ran it uh, got ran out of town. He uh, broke a few laws, Ooh. And, mm-hmm. and so I just turned to the owner of the bar and said, "Do you mind if I take this, rename it, and improve it?" And he said yes, and so here we are 15 years later. Okay, wow. Wow, that's incredible. That's the the basic origin, Uh, skipping a few few gory details. (laughs) Yeah, and I first met you at uh, my first Guignol Fest. I know it's the 13th annual one because um, we won uh, some awards. We won Best Picture that year for our first year in, so we got to go in the Legacy category the next year, which was like such an honor. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 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 I have the uh, the poster from that year framed on my wall, so I know it's the thirteenth one. Cause I'm like, okay, I see it on occasion when I pass it for sure. The one with you. The one with the group. With yeah, the with the people. with the group attacking you and Julia. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> one of my favorites. Yeah. 
Oh, so cool. And it's coming up soon, right? Yeah, coming up. It's um, Kickoff is on Friday the 13th this year. Oh. And uh, I think that's only happened one other time. I'm not, my memory certainly correct. And then um, everyone makes a movie over the weekend and they turn it in on Monday night. And then after that, we have the screening the following weekend. And this year, for the first time ever, we're having it on a Saturday, just the way that the schedule fell together. Oh, hi. Uh, so, uh, yeah, usually it's it's almost always been on a Sunday. Well, it's been on a Sunday ever since I started it. And this year's just a little change-up. But okay. it, shouldn't, uh, it, be, it shouldn't be too bad. It's just a Saturday, and it's not uh, the same weekend as Halloween, so not everybody's booked, you know? Yeah, I can't believe you got Malcolm Dell. That is so awesome. I, mean, I remember the one... Uh... The, I think the first one I went to had the um, the Shining Twins, right? I want to say maybe two oh, years ago. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, we did. That was so funny. That was the one where um, when I ordered the video, I it was it was uh, the day before me and my wife's anniversary, mm. and I completely forgot that I got her that present. <laughs> so what? months oh, go by, and I'm walking. I'm, walking through the woods by myself uh, behind my apartments and I, and I just looking through some old messages and it says the shining twins i'm like what the hell's going on wow. <laughs> I was in the, of the, woods and the shining twins are saying happy anniversary to me and julia it was kind of kind wow. of odd but it was very very cool <laughs> wow i mean i know you're busy and everything but man you really are the king of horror if that's something you forgot like oh yeah this old thing Oh, the Shiny Twins yeah. message. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not I, in I a don't safe. Know what, I, I don't know what was going on. I think I there must have been some stress happening in my life or something for me to forget something that solidly. Mm. Oh, I, it could have been just that the next mm. day I woke up and you know maybe Julia was like, "Hey, we're doing this now," and I just my brain probably went off track. Mm. But uh, yeah, anyway, <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. Uh, Shiny Twins. We've had uh, greetings from Roger Corman, wow. uh, Victoria Victoria Price. Um, uh, who else? I, I know I'm forgetting. Oh, uh, my friend uh, Baker Stoker, the uh, great wow. great great grandnephew of Bram Stoker. Wow. He's an author as well, best selling author. And also my friend Amanda Detmer, who gets hit by the bus in Final Destination. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And so. Um, this festival is so unique, so creative, so awesome, and I, like you said, it's a, one of those seventy-two hour ones where you got it shows a, a crew's true metal in creating film. But where can some people who are maybe less familiar or who just want to check it out again? Is there a specific website people can check out uh, past films? Absolutely, yes. Uh, the website is guignolfest dot com, and it's spelled G U I G N O L F E S T dot com. Oh man, there's so and much. Yeah, horror fans have, from all over can watch that now. Yeah, I, I think that, I think it covers all 15, or rather, the last 14 years. I think are are all linked up onto the website. That we might have one year missing. I forgot if mm. uh, Joy's updated the site or not. But yeah, um, it's, I think we're if we haven't already broken, we're pretty close to breaking, or have already uh, broken the 300. Uh, number uh, of, of films over the years that we've wow. curated yeah so cool thanks for doing that it's so amazing yeah now only only one or two I mean during COVID we kind of opened up the, the rules a little bit hmm. um, so we could keep the Clinton Street Theater open and we've had some people from other states make a movie so 
you know, we've had someone from Baltimore, Maryland, mm. make one. We we have a couple teams from California um, that have done uh, movies for us, and uh, so that's cool. You know, like uh, I, I wanted to keep it a local, exclusively Portland thing, but one of the other things that happened recently was that uh, one of the local papers created their own horror film contest that mm. lasted about two years, and I thought, man, they're really <laughs> trying to cut really, all the local talent for uh, oh, horror film. I'm okay. gonna run out of uh, teams. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, they only they didn't they haven't done it for I think they've skipped the last two years at least. Um, oh good. So well, not I good, but you know, have, yeah, the competition's yeah, less but, stiff. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just so weird to be competing with a newspaper that should be writing articles about us. <laughs> yeah. No. Totally. Heck? I yeah, mean, like uh, it's it, it's so great and organic, kind of like the spirit of well horror and independent film, and like um, you know, kind of piggybacking on that. Like I love how, at least the two times I went, um, the trophies for Guignol Fest are like so unique. Like um, the one I got for Pumpkins Attack was um, like this skull, a skull on like with a feather on like a wooden plank, and the other ones we had with because uh, we won three that year was like a cauldron and a plaque like uh who makes these like awesome. you know who makes these collectible awards is it you and julia or uh, it's a kind of a combination of uh things i mean some years we just sort of glue things together and, <laughs> you know that's the award <laughs> yeah. and other years i've sculpted something uh in it, uh what the, i think the cauldron you got was actually created by a, a lady named um uh marion held she lives in Vancouver, Washington, and she is a Hollywood special effects uh, artist. Whoa. She's worked on some of the biggest shows you've, you've ever seen. She's worked on uh, Breaking Bad. She's worked on uh, you know, David Lynch films and just all kinds of stuff. And she worked with um, Guillermo del Toro for quite a while. Hmm. And so she made that cauldron. Wow. Oh, my God. I think, yeah. I think Joel or Mike Gould who directed uh, Pumpkin's Attack, he might have that. So I got to talk to him about that one. Tell them that. Well, they'll hear those too. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. man, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, she's, she's a really nice lady. We just filmed at her house, in fact, about a month ago. Ooh. She owns a house that used to be a church, and now it's a uh, museum dedicated to little collectible devils. Really? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Like just it's just her collection, or she sells, or what do you mean by that? She she sells stuff too. She makes mm. uh, pottery, mm. um, but she uh, she collects. Uh, you know, I any anybody who's ever made a little tiny devil figurine of any kind, or an ashtray with a devil on it, or a, uh, you know artwork. Yeah. It has a home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and or even just like kitchen products or anything like that. Oh. She just. She collects, she's been doing it her whole life, so she's got this entire house filled with devils. That used to be a church, church. yeah. That's, a, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, so she's very cool. We've had, and then in other, in other past uh, um, shows, we've had uh, one of the filmmakers made a bunch of awards for us in the form of um, bottles with like embryos in them. Oh my God. What? That's awesome. That All the awards that year were those or just some of them? Yeah, they weren't real embryos. Oh well, yeah. But, but, yeah. You know, it's, well, it's like <laughs> kind of like uh, laboratory specimens. Yeah. That he, uh, Ooh. That in, I, I've gone to people's houses. I completely forgot about them and I'll look oh, at yeah. someone's shelf and see a lineup of <laughs> looks like little cl- tiny, uh, looks like clones in bottles or whatever, right? 
Huh. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Like something out of the movie Aliens or whatever. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's so um, cool. Huh. I think of uh, anything else. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, the awards have, have evolved. They usually change up just about every year. Um, that's the one consistency is that there's completely none. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, like, um, the first, the first year I went, the 13th, um, was you, and it was hosted by, um, I don't know, his name's, he's on the poster, he was like a count or something, but he wasn't there on the second year. Is anyone co-hosting oh, with you this year? Yeah, yeah, Glary. Yeah, he's coming back. Oh, cool, because he was such a character. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's, uh, he's been doing it for quite a while. Uh, he was doing that character before... Fest, so well over 15 years ago oh. he'd do it for Halloween events and stuff like that he was uh, I think it originally came out of an old partnership he was in with a lady who worked at the, one of the local haunted houses hmm. and she made costumes and, and uh, makeup and things like that and so they just sort of fact, and he's an illustrator he's an illustrator artist himself so I guess between the two of them they Put together this this character Uncle Erie, and I just thought it was really cool. I, I caught him on YouTube, hosting a couple horror films, and I guess he was on public access as well. Huh. In, Port, in Portland or California or where? Yeah. Oh, Portland. Yeah, wow. he's a local dude. He, uh, I mean, he doesn't live in Portland at the moment, but he lives nearby. Huh. Uh, yeah, he's uh, just a cool dude, and and uh, and I, uh, you know, it took me, I think, about. Ten years to get a hold of him to get him to start hosting. <laughs> oh, yeah. did you just have like a correspondence online, and then he came up, or what? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. He was. I think that part of the reason he wasn't uh, available earlier on was just he was raising kids. Hmm. But uh, yeah, so it was, it was cool to finally get a hold of him, and you know, the whole idea for Guignol Fest, at least in the uh, uh, in the early days, was I just wanted to have a party that involved all the cool people who like Halloween in town. And, uh, and of course, I can't get everybody, but I can get quite a few. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It's definitely the premier one, I'm saying, I'm saying for sure. Well, yeah, it's, you knocked out the competition, it sounds like, at least hopefully. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, that's just the way it goes. I mean, uh, stick around long enough, and it's kind of, you end up with a little bit of gravity around you. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Of course, your wife, Julia Arg, is a, I mean, I love her, she's so nice and multifaceted, performing artist and producer. Uh, how'd you guys meet? Uh, we met in that haunted house that I was talking about. Whoa, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. She was uh, doing technical work. She was, I think she was wiring up all the speakers for, the, for all three of the haunted houses. There's three city blocks of haunted houses. And I was doing casting every night for a month. And I was also couch surfing so it was extremely stressful terrible time mm. um i in fact resisted meeting her she tried to get my attention by uh, you know zipping a, a drill near near me <laughs> a couple <laughs> times just to get my attention like hello and i just i just looked i glanced up and went right back to my notes i didn't want to meet anybody i didn't want to make any friends i was depressed i had no money and i was going down like a mm. like a meteorite huh. and so i just I didn't know what I was going to do, but, um, and then the other horrible part was that I didn't get paid until mid-November, so I was waiting on a thousand dollar check for oh, this God. time yeah. frame, and I had like probably 30 bucks to my name, Jeez. and um, when I told her what I was going through, she tried sending me links to job leads, and 
of course, none, no one was biting. No one was hiring around uh, November, December. And um, and then I ended up uh, watching her pets for her while she went to L.A. To, for Christmas. Hmm. And when she came back, she just said, yeah, you don't have to leave. <laughs> that's so that's how it all came together. Oh. And then, of course, we I, I told her, yeah, I, you know, even though I may die tomorrow, I'm, I'm still going to run this horror film contest if it kills me. And, and so she, the following year, she got involved with that, and she helped me produce a... I'm a I also do a lot of live theater, or at least I have in the past. And I wrote a play based on a film, which is based on a true story called Headless Body and Topless Bar, and that was the first play we worked on together. Oh, where was that at? Was that in town, or...? Yeah, that was at the Tonic Lounge. Oh, um, we like... turned the Tonic into a strip club, and or you know for, yeah. for a theater play, and uh, yeah, we just bought a pole and stuck it on the stage and added some signs here and there, and there you go, environmental theater. Bada bing, bada boom. So I, yeah. yeah, it was kind of like uh, plot wise. I don't know if you've ever heard of a um, play called When You Coming Back, Red Rider. It was like a combination of that. And almost like a breakfast club with guns set in a, set in a strip club. Whoa, what? So it's about a guy who yeah, puts okay. a place on lockdown and just makes them all tell the truth about themselves. Oh, I gotta check this out, Doc. Yeah. But it's also a little bit like that novel. Uh, there's a Stephen King, Richard Bachman novel that he actually took off the shelves himself because of uh, there were so many copycat crimes after the novel came out. It was called Rage. And that's about a boy who shoots his teacher and then just locks the door and says, all right, let's get it on. Wow. He just, starts, he just wants to talk about his, his crappy life. And, and I just, you know, stories like that just always fascinated me. There's almost like a little subgenre of them out there. And when you come back, Red Rider's another, another one. Huh. Um, that, that was uh, also made into a film um, starring a guy named Marjo who used to be an evangelical uh, uh, scam artist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was same yeah. title or what for that? Uh, when you come back, Red Rider, yeah, oh, okay. that's the title. Yeah, oh. and headless body and topless bar is just sort of a, an amalgamation of a few things. Wow, no yeah. truth to it. No, no, no biographical information in there at all. Yeah, <laughs> just <I hope> not. <laughs> it was just fun to you know like uh, yell at people and point guns for about two hours and have about eighty percent of the lines. So it was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. You ever think about putting that story to film or no? Oh, gosh, no. You know, someone asked me if he, he could do it for me, and at the time I was like, you know, once it's done, it's done. Okay. I, am, I don't want to revisit. My wife at the time, I go, this whole play felt like an exorcism of sorts. Oh, okay, yeah. All the, all the despair, all the rage, all the other stuff that it was just sort of in me from being down on my luck uh, got to come out on stage, and once it was over, someone took a photo of me taking off my sweaty shirt, and I had... I'd never seen myself smile that wide in my life. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Good to get out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've come a long way from uh, couch surfing. Like, you did, you just recently had um, a UK tour. You went on, like, a Dracula tour, right? With Julia? Yeah. Sure I, saw, yeah I was kind of jealous of that. My social was like, what? Yeah. Tell us yeah, about that. that was, uh, well, there's, you know, it's, there's a, a company called Experience Transylvania, mm. and they're run by... Two very sweet ladies from Transylvania, and um, they have partnered up with Dacre Stoker, and what they do 
is they uh, they do tours, hmm. and you can go to Romania, you can go to Ireland, you can go to Scotland and England, and there's, in all those countries, there are locations that either inspired the novel Dracula, oh. or that or that were you know locations that are in the novel Dracula, like they were set there. Hmm. And so we've been to a lot of those locations, and we're going to go see some more on Halloween. We're going to Dublin. We're going to hang out with the Stokers again. Oh, hell yeah. So that'll be our... Let's see, we've been to Romania, Transylvania twice. i got to go there. Uh, it's just so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, got, you do. You yeah. do. It's, it's, there's nothing like it. It's just such a strange place, and the food's very, very good. Um, <laughs> Transylvania is amazing. Uh, we went to... Uh, the, earlier this year, we were in Scotland uh, oh. and Whitby, England, for the um, 126th anniversary of the novel Dracula. And it was also a, what's called a vampire gathering, so all these Ooh. people who like to dress up like vampires yeah. show up to Whitby. Oh. And that's the location where the last voyage of the Demeter takes place, or at least the, the ship crashes on the shore. Oh, okay. It's based on an actual, um, actual ship um, wreck. Um, before the novel was, was published. Huh. Uh, and the ship was called the Dimitri. Russian hmm. ship. Huh. Yeah. So that's one of the cool things about the the uh, the Dracula tour is just learning about history along the way. You know, things that wow. you never would have considered before. Oh, you that's know? so awesome. Uh, what was it, for example, Cruden Bay, for example. Oh, like... Uh, you know, that's we, we stayed in the hotel where Bram wrote a lot of Dracula. So that was oh. something, you know, I didn't consider. I didn't think for a second that he would have written it in Scotland. Why Scotland? Yeah, when well, he said Scotland, I was the, like, huh. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's there's, there's, a, there's the ruins of a castle right on the sh- uh, the rocks of uh, Cruden Bay that he based some portions of Dracula on. Hmm. So there's a hexagonal room where Parker first, first uh, has a conversation with Dracula mm-hmm. in the novel, and we get to stand in that room. Oh. It's real. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's a real place. What's the room look like? Do they kind of have it how it looks like in the novel, or-ish, or not really? or? Well, the, the, ca- the castle's fallen into extreme disrepair. It doesn't mm. even have a roof anymore. Mm. So it's just, the, it's just the rocks. It's just the bricks. Um, but I've seen photographs from only a hundred years ago where it was in full operation. Mm. Uh, you know, so we mm. know where the kitchen is, and we've seen photos of the kitchen. It's like wow, it's like, night and day. It's it just fell apart. Mm. Uh, the family family lost their money and just stopped taking care of it. But now, you know, as a result, it inspired someone to write Dracula. Well, I'm definitely gonna go there because I'm a uh, part Scottish, so I, I'm on my list. I got to go to Italy and Scotland and the Scottish Kido Guido. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's one of my alter egos yeah, on the show, yeah. so I'm definitely gonna go to what's the place in Scotland called for sure? I'll definitely I gotta remember that one because it doesn't stand out. You wouldn't think, oh, Dracula, Scotland, you know? Huh. Right? Yeah, Cruden Bay Cruden is Bay. the name of okay. the location. Cruden Bay. There's a famous golf course there. Um, I think it might be the one that that hates uh, Donald Trump as much as I do. Oh, cool. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah. It's, that's one location. There's others, you know, as you, as you drive along, we might, you know, like we actually did just sort of stop briefly at, at the castle that inspired uh, Shakespeare to write Macbeth. Oh. So, oh. so it's not just Dracula. There's other yeah. things just 
as you go. Wow. And, uh, yeah, stuff like that. It's just very, very, very cool. In Transylvania. Um, I gotta go there. I remember as a kid, little kid, I thought Transylvania was just, uh, like a fictional place meetup, you know? And then when I was a teenager, once I realized Transylvania was real, I was like, whoa, I was blown away, so. Yeah. That's been on my yeah, list. Yeah. Like, oh, it's real. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know if you, uh, oh gosh, who's the, there's a local, um, horror host, uh, what's, mm. what's her name, does queer horror? Ah, uh, um. I can't, my name. Yeah, I, no, totally. Name, I'm just Anyway. I know you uh, mean that, yeah. She hosted Guignol Fest a number of years ago, hmm. and we had a, a trailer for the Night Attacks. It was an early trailer, hmm. and uh, <laughs> hmm. and it ends, and she turns around and goes, I didn't even know Transylvania was a real place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because you always just Dracula, 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 you don't hear like, oh, these famous pickles are from Transylvania, or they're famous for turnips, and these turnips are as good as Transylvania. You know, it's like, I don't know, you just, it's just Dracula, Dracula, so it's just kind of funny when like, yeah, it's real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's even a, um, a, a there was a food cart downtown for years called Taste of Transylvania, mm. and they mm. closed the cart, but they still served the food. You just have to order it online, I believe. Hmm. What kind of food is Transylvanian? I'm guessing not garlic, right? But or well, maybe, it's a or maybe. combination <laughs> of stuff. Uh, I mean, it's, there's a Romanian. There are Romanian mm. dishes, um, but they're also influenced by uh, German culture. Okay. And, uh, you know, anything that's adjacent, pretty much, you know, yeah. there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, warring and, you know, sacking and pillaging and things like that back then, uh, coming from all directions in the, uh, medieval times. You had the Ottomans coming from the South and, you know, Germans invading or, or I guess Saxons. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you have, there is sort of a mix of things. There's even a little bit of, a you know, there's almost a little bit of Italian going on in the culture as well, or maybe mm. Mediterranean in general. But yeah, it's it's a uh, it's such an interesting place because when you go to the country, you'll see stuff that you you thought you wouldn't see, you wouldn't have seen anymore because the Middle Ages were so long ago. But here are these people doing everything with horses, you know, huh. uh, big big old you know hay wains and. Um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. It's just, it's just like going back in time, you know, oh, wow. and the Carpathian mountains are so massively huge. Wow. I mean, it just makes our mountains on the West coast look like just tiny little rocks, oh. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. They're massive. And, and so, yeah, you, you, when you get, a, you get your eyeballs on the Carpathians, then you read Dracula, it gets a lot scarier. Wow. Huh. I'm, you know, I mean, the, the the woods in Romania also remind me a lot of the woods in the Pacific Northwest because it's the 45th parallel. Mm. You know, Portland's lined right up with uh, Bucharest in a lot of ways. Mm. So uh, it's spooky here, it's spooky there. Yeah. We saved, saved a, lot, a lot of money was saved when we went for the second time and realized, oh, we can film right around our house. And yeah, it's another maybe maybe that added to me like my creativity as a kid. Cause, I mean, as like, as like a teenager or a kid, I always remember like, man, Portland, like especially before Portland was discovered by the world, you know, it's like we could you could film anything here. Like you're talking about that, you could film like in downtown Portland, you could film like it's Detroit or New York, certain aspects. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. the woods, everything. I mean, we got yeah a bit of everything. So. Everything is so close to us. We we really don't 
a lot of people in Portland really don't know how good they have it. Yeah. Uh, you know, compared to other cities in the world, like, you know, just little simple things like if you like horror films and you're probably on the goth side of things, mm-hmm. maybe. And then if you say travel to Salem, Massachusetts, like we did the other day, because mm-hmm. um, we have, uh, I descended uh, from the Hawthorne family. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so we got, you know, I got that in my blood. But when you go to Salem, not one goth bar. Huh. Uh, they have a goth night like every third Saturday, Fish and Chips place. It's just weird. Wow. <laughs> it's like they somehow managed to, I mean, even though, you know, they rely on the, uh, the history of the witch trials um, as part of their kind of tourism. There's not a big old goth scene there. It's very strange. I mean, if I was there, I would start a theater company right away or something. You know, just get one going. Uh, but man, it's this. Uh, you go, then you come. We come back to Portland, and it's like, wow. Uh, we have a, you know, the Coffin Club, and we have. Yeah, like I live. Uh, um, I shouldn't imagine say where I live, but I mean, I live. Um, if you didn't know, I live in that pink house on Gleason with all the bird bats that everyone knows, like, when they when oh, they come right. by. Yeah, so everyone, like, I mean, like, so say I'm brushing my teeth, it's always when I'm in a hurry, like, there's a people taking pictures of the house, and it's like, okay, okay, you know what I'm saying? It's like, right, yeah, right, like, yeah. and like, yeah, my text here, because um, I have more of a close set set, usually we do it in the studio down the street, but uh, my text here, we have, like, there's, like, a, I don't know if she wants me to tell too much about it, but uh, another person who lives here has this insane porcelain doll collection, like, I mean, like, really 100-year-old dolls. And they're behind me, and so, and we're videotaping part this part of it, so it'll be on in this episode. So it's like, yep, one of the doll, the haunted looking dolls in the background of this. Uh, not that it's necessarily a spooky episode, but you know, you being awesome. the horror host with the most, you know. That's <laughs> but, so yeah. cool, man. I mean, no, you look at it. That's really yeah, yeah. That's cool. You ever see a red Kia Soul outside? Feel free to knock. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you're just uh, down the road from. Uh... My friend, uh, who pretty much the only house I even go to visit in town, if I get out of the house, I'll go to this one house because they uh, just have a lot of room to pace. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's uh, right next to where the old Pepsi plant was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that zone. I used to live on 28th, or right off the uh, 28th. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Portland, so, yeah, it's like, say what you will about Portland, you know what I mean? It's got... They have yeah. their douches, they have yeah. their whatever, and they have their a bunch of people moved here from wherever. But like, it could be real cool, it could be all real overrun, it could be, but it's always real. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, it's all happening at once. <laughs> I mean, we used to have, you know, you could have someone who has like a leisure suit on with a bunch of like, you know, wine, wine tops, wine corks, you know, taped to it. Like that's the wine cork guy, but he's not even doing it to pose. It's just that's him. Or, you know, it's just yeah. this weirdo, yeah. that weirdo. We were really like Twin Peaks, but legit, like real. You know? So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's true. It is yeah. true. Speaking of Twin Peaks, man, just last year we went to a horror convention, mm-hmm. and I realized, you know, the Laura Palmer house is nearby, yeah. and I've been talking to the lady who lives there on Twitter over quarantine, mm-hmm. so I just cold called her pretty much, and she said, yeah, come on over. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, really cool. Mary Reaver, she's a very sweet lady. I was just talking about uh, Ray Wise to uh, my tech yesterday because we were talking about like horror movies. Cause we were talking about you know book, awesome. booking and everything like Ray yeah. Wise, oh. we're, we're great actor. So intense, so cool, and haunting, and yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I bet you'd be a, a rad dude to have a beer with. Yeah. 
maybe we can we can try to reach out to him for a you know Gwigmal Fest shout out one of these uh, festivals. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Part, one of the reasons I went with Malcolm this year is because the last couple of years were were women and uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, technically it was like two years, but it was three women because the Shining Twins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come play with us. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was wow. so cool. I didn't even I didn't even ask her or them to say that. <laughs> oh. God, I love Mako. Man, from Clockwork that. Orange to Metallo to everything, all is yeah. He's always been like yeah. the cool niche guy, you know. Oh yeah. yeah. Hey, you know uh, what else is coming up? Hmm. Uh, we booked a show at the Clinton Street for December first. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Richard Elfman and all that stuff. And the band where Danny came from. Yeah. Um, we contacted Richard and said, would you please come to Portland and perform in, you know, perform live on stage with your wife, do some burlesque and music before your movies. And we're going to play three of them. So we're having a Richard Elfman festival with uh, Richard Elfman in attendance. Oh, wait, so when is that? In December, you said? or Yeah, December 1st. It'll be a Saturday, oh. I believe. No, it's, it's a Friday. It's a Friday. Hell yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he's a huge, huge influence on me. When I first heard about him, it was a strange situation. It was supposed to be a birthday party, but the boyfriend of one of the people involved in the party had been killed the night before in a car accident. Oh, my God. And then the party was canceled, and then it was back on, but this time it was going to be awake. Hmm. And so we all arrived, and it was very strange. We were all sad. And a guy named Ryan Knight just shows up, and he was buddies with the guy who died. But in order to cheer everyone up, he brought a copy of this movie on VHS called The Forbidden Zone. Hmm. And by the time this movie was done, my life was changed. I mean, it just completely inspired me to make movies I, I, I mean I, I'd always wanted to make movies and I had made movies before but this one was like this is what I really 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 want to do in the long run mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> it's just a great weirdo film it's 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 got that cult uh, thing like Rocky Horror does but and the songs are just as memorable they stick in your head forever and um, I just can't believe that he's coming to Portland it's just good. It's a it's a dream come true. Uh, so we're, the Elfmans are going to be rolling up to wow. Portland on December first. Yeah, well, thanks yeah. for thanks for putting that together. Jeez. Yeah. Huh. Oh God. It's, yeah, it's one of those don't miss it things. Yeah. Um, it's. I, I. Yeah. Every time I think about it, I just shake my head and you know, like I can't believe this is real. <laughs> and it's on a Friday, or is it three nights? You said, or. I, it's just a one night. One night. Or one. One day, first they're going to play three movies. The show, everything should be over by about 11. Wow. Because they have to shut, they have to shut down in that neighborhood before that. Is that at the Clinton Street or no? Or, yeah. Okay. We'll yeah, finish Clinton Street Let's go to midnight anymore because of the neighbors. Hmm. Damn neighbors. Yeah. Always. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Man. And what's going on with the night attacks? I know you filmed in a story the recently, last week maybe, right? Yeah, night attacks we've been working on since 2016. I came up with the idea, I believe, in the 
year before that. And the idea was just to do a movie with a lot of weird friends in Portland and have it be an epic film about um, Dracula coming to town. So that's the main reason why we've been doing all these Dracula tours is research. Hmm. And uh, to me, you know, research, you know, you can go in a library, you can get in the internet, or you can just show up <laughs> yeah. to the place where it all began and learn from the locals and learn from people who know a lot more than, than I do. And, um, and so, yeah, so it, as a result of the process of the night attacks, we've filmed in Europe a few times. We're, we're about to release episode one this month. Oh, cool. So we didn't even release, we didn't start principal filming and I mean, I'm not, not counting the stuff we did in Romania, but we didn't really start that until just about two years ago in the middle of quarantine. So, um, so we're finally getting things to, uh, to stick together. It's been really difficult, of course, <laughs> yeah. uh, because I don't really know how to make a full-length motion picture. So I'm learning for the first time, and I'm learning as I go. And uh, you know, all the years I've taught, uh, not not taught, but uh, directed live stage shows, mm -hmm. and I feel that theater is still the hard one. It's harder than film. Film is just a completely different animal, and people act differently on a film set than they do in a theater play rehearsal situation. Yeah. They seem to be more committed to the, th the stage mm. and availability. When it comes to making a movie, oh my God, it is like wrangling dead cats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's all over the place these days. Everybody's got three different personalities and three <laughs> different occupations. And more divas, maybe two, perhaps, or... More what? More divas? Is everyone a little more... Hello? Oh, hello? Can you hear me? Dylan? Hello? Oh, yeah. Hello? I'm here. Can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you. I can hear you now. I, oh. just, I, did, I didn't hear the last thing you said. Oh, are they more like a lot of divas or devos, so to speak? A lot of uh, people uh, behind the host, or no? Not as many divas, except that all you need is about one to screw up an entire situation, though. Mm. <laughs> And it seems like that's been the way it's been going. It's like almost every project, there's just one person who just throws off your whole balance and oh. confuses you. <laughs> just typically with ego and stuff, or what? Or uh... Yeah, well, ego and uh, kind of like, uh, I don't know, it seems like sometimes when an actor, outside of, say, the project I'm working on, gets a role in, say, a full-length feature, mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're Joe actor. They know everything. Yeah. Mm. So there's a little bit of know-it-all stuff going on. And mm. it's like, I'm 53, and the first time I ever performed on stage was in 1976. Wow. So, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's so crazy the way the world is, like, since, like, oh my god, like, everyone's, narcissism is, like, just through the roof, and I feel like with, uh, yep. everyone's yep. just their own too much of a main character in a way because like you know you're like your google is different than my google for example like you might have more horror stuff on your google and i might have more whatever you know so it's like i think people just have more of a whatever so people who are more susceptible to that kind of behavior it's like oh my god it's like crack or you know narcissism yeah. on steroids yeah. probably so oh i'm in a movie oh you know even if you're you know paying them in yeah. credits and peanuts so they're probably like oh, oh, oh you know <laughs> yeah yeah all of a sudden it's like <laughs> yeah do you know who you're talking um, to? I was second lead in the play five years ago at high school. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and when I was a kid, I got to observe this firsthand, being in, like, the first professional play I was in that actually had actors from television on stage with me, mm. you know, from the Dick Van Dyke show and shit like wow. that. 
uh, I was watching that kind of behavior with the younger actors, like the ones who are, say, college age or high school age. They get into the play, and all of a sudden, they were telling us children because we were kids, you know, like, ah, <laughs> oh, you know, they're being this, they're, they're doing that. And the stage manager was like, the kids know their lines, you know, shut up and <laughs> figure out yours, go away. <laughs> so I got to see, you know, at an early age, I got to see adults acting like children and uh, children acting like adults. Jeez. And, you know, and just to this day, sure, you know, like, I have, a, in fact, I have quite a few scenes in this series, The Night Attacks, that involve quite a few children. Hmm. And, um, uh, it's not easy to direct a lot of children at once, but I know how to do it. And they are, in a lot of ways, more focused than um, older people, you know, than hmm. adults, so-called adults. Hmm. And so it's it's uh, kind of nice to see that because it's a little reminder that you know, the next time I work with some adults, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell them about the kids and how nice and focused they were and how that would be great if the adults could be as focused as the children. Huh, yeah, I wonder if there's a thing just because, like, kids, like, you're pretending and pretending might even be, like, your main job in a way. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, yeah. I'm doing this. Yeah, this is what I this is what yeah. I do. And, you know, huh. Well, I'm not going to say they were per, uh, perfect. You know, there were yeah. moments where I had to say stop clowning and stop mm. hitting yourselves, you know, <laughs> Yeah. But, but for the most part, yeah, once you got into the fun part and the play of it, um, it's just like an on switch, and then they're they're doing it, and um, and on camera you're looking like I'm convinced that kid means that, you know, the intention's there. Wow. So it's it's nice and refreshing, and also uh, cool to, you know, to I, I used to teach kids as well, so I you know have taken part of that from from teaching. I taught for about a year and a half in Japan. Oh wow! Uh, cool. uh, pretty much just toddlers to all the way to. Uh, older people my age who just wanted to know what they were saying in an English newspaper. So do you speak Japanese, or...? No. Uh, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I, I didn't go. I went there just to visit someone that ended up staying for two years. Um, it was, uh, but I, you know, I, I learned enough to get food and transportation going and things like that, but uh, at the school I worked at, it wasn't, at first it wasn't really encouraged because they wanted to the kids to be immersed in English hmm. and all the different, even all the different dialects. Cause they, they hired English speaking, native English speaking people from all the different countries in the world that have native English speakers. So you got New Zealand, Australia, Britain, Canada, um, you know, the U S um, even South Africa, hmm. but it would, you know, that way the kids could get, you know, figure out, you know, kind of like if they're safe for their, their parents might say, Hey, I want my kids to learn from someone who grew up in New York. <laughs> yeah. They had that option. And so, you know, if they wanted their kids to speak with a New York accent, you could do that too. <laughs> Very cool. And so, yeah. uh, when is, um, you said Night Attacks is premiering when? This month. This month. Cool. And where can people uh, view that? Uh, on YouTube. Mm, and okay. the channel is called The Night Attacks. Mm -hmm. And if you look it up, or if you have a problem looking it up, you can maybe cross-reference uh, that with Yallfest, but you should be able to find it with just the Night Attacks in Portland. Very cool. That, that, uh, there are already 13 mini-episodes on it. Mm. Okay. You can watch right away, and it'll give you oh. a little bit of backstory about the main characters, myself, um, Julia's character's name is Cora, my character's name is Vincent, 
And then my friend Angus plays a character named Willard. My friend, uh, um, sorry, I'm, I'm trying not to burp. <laughs> <laughs> my friend Wes Ramsey plays uh, a guy named Josh Jest, who is a clown. And, Makes sense. <laughs> and there's other characters. There's a guy named, um, or rather a, a woman named Anu. She's played by my friend Una. And she is a fire witch, and she's trying to solve a mystery, essentially. What now? What is a fire witch? Like a pyro-powered uh, witch? An ele- she's an elemental witch hmm. whose focus is fire. Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> she, she, she's, <laughs> the beginning of the story, she's lost her ability to, uh, to do anything with that um, hmm. due to uh, trauma. Her friend's being murdered. And she's trying to figure out if her friends uh, have actually been murdered or not, or if there's something bigger at play. Mm. And it involves Dracula, eventually. (laughs) And so you said uh, 13 mini-chapters, so those add up to uh, longer episodes, or it all Uh, links up to a movie, or how does that work? Those are just sort of meant to be what they are, just to kind of provide a little backstory. uh, okay. So this month, when I release the episode, it's going to be longer than a half hour. Uh-huh. And then each one after that will be about ten to fifteen minutes each. Oh, very cool. Huh. Yeah, so it'll all, uh, you know, you, you you get to meet these characters and find out how they're connected and go on the journey with them, and then it all eventually leads to what amounts to be a, a Halloween war in Portland. Wow! And is it is it set in Portland or just filmed in Portland? It's all it's set in Portland hmm. for sure. Yeah, oh, it's, cool. It's supposed to be essentially present-day Portland, um, and everything that happened in the last few years actually happened in this story, um, except that it was the fault of Dracula. Oh, very cool. All the rioting, all oh. the racism, all the other things, it's just basically this demonic entity shows up to Portland to torture these filmmakers. Hmm, wow. And has Dracula been cast yet, or seen it yet, or...? Uh, Dracula is played by more than one person. Oh, okay. There's a uh, we we have a uh, an older gentleman. We have a younger lady, mm. um, and there there will likely be other Draculas popping in as well because he's a shapeshifter. So I thought, hey, I can I don't have to just settle with one actor. I can depending on the scene or the style of it, I can get whoever I think might fit. Okay. Well, if and you need so one, if you need one, if you need one, what really? Yeah. Wow, yeah. <laughs> and with practical, like practical, like uh, not uh, not pretend. A uh, green screen is actually on a motorcycle, or I, I couldn't hear you very well. Oh, there. like you got an actual motorcyclist, uh, or is it on green screen, like a stunt, or is it a? Oh, an actual an actual yeah. cyclist, but Ooh. a lady. She's a neighbor of a friend of mine, who, and she's also Romanian and a descendant of the real Vlad Dracula. Oh, shut up! Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got actual one of the impalers. Blood in our, in wow. Our yeah, yeah. And you know what else? You know that guy huh. uh, from the Lost Boys that plays a saxophone. Yeah, no, yeah, the, the muscle guy. He uh, he was a kind of like I mean, he was uh, essentially he was a featured extra, but then he just blew up and went viral before viral was a thing, really, right? He stole the show. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, he's uh, he was also Tina Turner's saxophone player for about twenty five years or so. Huh. Um, but he's coming to Portland, and he did a greeting for Guignol Fest a couple of years back. Oh my god. And I contacted him and said, hey, I heard you're coming to Portland like I suggested, so would, would you mind if I took photos and video? And he said, absolutely. Oh, very cool. 
So we might have. So without spoiling it, oh, is it like almost the same character as Lost Boys in a way? Oh my god, that's so cool. Huh. Oh, is he uh, almost playing the same type of character like uh, as he was on stage there with the sax and the? Oh yeah. Oh my god, that's great. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, I, I was like, you know, I can't do a vampire movie without that guy. I know he. I mean, you no gotta take a swing, attention. yeah. You gotta take a swing at it, yeah. For sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we got a we got a few people we've met over the years. I directed this uh, Alice Cooper play, and mm. uh, as a result, became friends with a few of the members of the band and even oh. uh, peripheral uh, family members. And so Dennis Dunham plays the has a band with two of the Oyster Cult. Uh-huh. They, they have a song called You Like Vampires and I'm, I haven't asked them yet and I'm going to try to ask them to see if I can't use that song or not because I, I don't think they're on, I don't think they're on a major label I think they're, they they own all the music oh I gotta hear that I, I don't think I definitely don't recognize that song I want I want to hear that for sure wow. yeah 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 um, so that's that's another little thing I'm trying to trying to work get get people involved who have a, you know a name for themselves hmm. Have you ever seen um, THX 1138? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the George Lucas thing, right? Or Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So A while ago. When we first started filming The Night Attacks, one of the guys who auditioned was the hologram from THX. The guy, uh, his name is Don Pedro Culley. It turns out he's from Oregon. Huh. So he auditioned, and we cast him, and I found out he was in the movie... Uh, uh, Sugar Hill playing Baron Samedi, the voodoo deity. And he's like a uh, cigar-smoking, you know, top-hat-wearing partier. And he also can raise the dead. So mm-hmm. he's in our movie. Right. But we only got him in one scene because he died three days later. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't know that. Um he knew he was going to die, but he called us up and said, get your ass down here before I die. And so we oh, found him on his back bed in the hospital. Shut up. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So I'm going to cast someone else to play him in a different form, kind of like Doctor Who. You know, like yeah. Darren died. His, his physical form dies, but then a younger version kind of comes out of nowhere. Hmm. And so I'm trying to figure out... It, it, I have cast someone. I'm not going to say who it is yet because hmm. I'm not sure if they're... Fully committed, and uh, I don't want to say okay. it's the dropout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Jeez. Uh, so his last yeah, role is right. out. Obviously, his last role, right? I don't think anyone else oh, yeah. rolled into the room Absolutely. and did something else. I mean, being huh. yeah, wow. yeah, anything that he did before he died, he is is probably been released by now. Um, wow. But yeah, this will be his last movie. I even told Joe Bob Briggs about this, and in, in his. Uh, his co-host, um, Darcy, Darcy hmm. the male girl, and so yeah, there's a few people up. I'm going to be keeping posted on this one. Mm. There's some fans out there who are like, "Wow, you know, the last role, yeah. the last one." Huh. He could barely talk. The poor guy. I should have. I should have just given him like, uh, look up, look down directions. <laughs> oh, poor guy. He was really struggling because hmm. it was in his bone. It was the cancer was in his bone marrow by then, mm. so he's very very weak in state. But he he just kept saying, "Let's do another. Let's do another." <laughs> oh wow! So, okay. Yeah. Jeez, that's incredible. Can't man. say. 
can't say no to that. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh. Hmm. So yeah, Night Attacks coming out soon, and um, first episode, uh, as a lot of people I've been working with over the last 10 years in theater and movie level stuff, so this is, this is to me my love letter to Portland and all the people I've worked with mm-hmm. over the last few years. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, because I just recall, like, just from, like, um, like a periphery standpoint, I'm like, I, I know Night Attacks just from, like, posts and stuff, and post-production shots and stuff forever, so I was like, I almost thought it was, like, an ongoing series that already premiered, but, wow, very yeah. cool. Yeah, finally gonna do it. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a long one, man. Jeez. Yeah. It's so hard to get this stuff together. I mean, oh, yeah. part of it, too, is just the, having to buy all the hard drives. <laughs> mm-hmm. So many harder. We get stacks and stacks of these things now, and we name them all after vampires. Oh yeah. Are you, have you run out of names yet, or have you had to do sequel names yet, or no? Still got plenty. Uh, There's plenty. Yes, of... we have. We actually got to a point where I've, I'm like, eh, I don't want to name it that. Yeah. Um, what do we do now? So I think we, Julia's uh, branched out to Star Wars characters. Oh okay. <laughs> I mean, what was, what was like the bottom of the barrel, like Buffy, or what we do in the Shadows characters, or um, Ooh, or just oh, or are we yeah, not. I didn't... Or, Oh, you didn't think? Oh, come I, on, bro! You, you, go, <laughs> you should name me. Well, the last one—the last one I named was Orlock. Okay. I even named one of them Greenberg. Um, Greenberg the vampire is a Marvel character, believe it or not. Um, came out of the '70s or early '80s, one of the two, and he's just this nice Jewish boy in in, in Brooklyn who just happens to be a vampire. <laughs> um, but he's also kind of a gumshoe. He uh, when he meets this cult leader. The guy embraces him, and he and he realizes the guy has this kind of a religious symbol around his neck, and so Greenberg, in his mind, just says, "Wow, if that thing was actually holy, my my chest would be French fried right now." <laughs> so he realizes he's this, he's a sham. So he does some detective work to uh, take the guy down. But Greenberg doesn't uh, bite people. He just his his parents own a deli, so he just drinks pig's blood. Oh my god, that's great. <laughs> he's one of my favorite vampires, Greenberg. I gotta look him up. I mean, uh, how have I yeah. seen him? Does he have, no, thick, sure. does he have like, really thick glasses or no? I no, think, he's just kind of got uh, a cheesy mustache and curly hair. Huh. He's just a regular guy. I I just think someone should make a movie about Greenberg the vampire. Maybe I should. Yeah, you should see if you can. You should, yeah, you should see if you can license it or not. I was with yeah. man. I keep saying there's so many products I keep saying if I won the lottery, I'd buy the license. You know the permissions for this or that, the legal rights to this or that. Especially so many oh, things yeah. that no one knows about. Like no one knows about Greenberg. I, I feel like I knew everything about Marvel, and I don't know about Greenberg. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, about. yeah. I, I think I heard about it through Bizarre magazine. Where they Marvel used to have this thing in the '80s called Bizarre. And it was kind of like their answer to heavy metal, in a way. Mm. And so they do a little bit more adult-angled uh, stories. So one episode, or one issue, that I think I discovered Greenberg in was an issue that uh, Stephen King published, or rather, an art, uh, you know, cartoonist, comic book artist, um, adapted The Lawnmower Man, the original story by mm. Stephen King, not the, not the movie about yeah. AI. Um, but it's... Uh, it's in that Greenberg. There's an, I think, an entire episode of Greenberg. Oh, there. really? He pops up in Bizarre Adventures. Bizarre Adventures. That's what it's called. Bizarre Adventures is the name of the magazine. Okay. So you can probably find that online or in any comic book trading store. You can probably find a stack of those. Huh. Very yeah. cool. It reminds me, like, what was my vampire idea I had like a while ago? Because you know, you well, you know, it's like when you're writing, creating. So, so many times you write these different stories, and before you finish it, another idea comes. You're like, no, you know. 
But um, yeah. I wanted to make one called Garlic the Vampire because, like, you know, I have always loved garlic. I'm Italian too. And he's just, he's, he's a vampire that happens, he can, he can eat garlic. And just, I wanted to make, like, kind of a comedic, you know, day in the life vampire story. And, like, what was it in my script? And I, and I, don't you hate when, like, you create something years and years and years ago, and then all of a sudden it's in something else? Kind of like, um, like, I had the idea, because, you know, you, they can't see their own reflections, so I had something where, like, when I was getting dressed from high school or something, I was like, oh, well, how would a vampire do that? They always look so immaculate. And I was like, oh, when flat-screen TVs came around, I was like, oh, a rich vampire, his castle or his, or his loft or his, you know, penthouse would have a, maybe a sideways flat-screen TV, and he's watching himself on camera, getting ready and stuff. And then, then they did that. They did that in one vampire thing that I've seen years and years later. Um, what's the one with Ethan Hawke? It's kind of in the future when vampires have eaten most of the humans. Oh, uh, uh, um, I know what you're talking about. It was like yeah. it was like a metaphor about peak oil. Yeah, and so I don't remember if they had like a mirrors mirrors, but they had some where he was like in his car and he pulled down the rearview mirror and it was like a camera. And I was like, ah, oh, that's my idea, the camera for the reflections. Oh, oh, that's, but they didn't have anything like a full length mirror or anything like that. I talked thought about, but yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> that was a good movie. That was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. I was really surprised by that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Usually, when I, I I tend to like the ones that have kind of a uh, a metaphor going on in the background. Yeah. You know about the vampires and like what they're really saying. You know all those kind of like all the George Romero movies. It's like uh, it's you know Dawn of the Dead. It's not really about zombies. It's about consumerism. You know. Yeah, that, like that's that. some of the best things about horror. It's always a different message, really, like the best ones, typically, you know? Yeah. It's never just like, sure. oh, killing, gore, you know, it's like... Right. Well, no, it's exactly. a real message. And that's one of those things that's kind of fun to, to struggle with, too, is like when you're working on your own, I try not to do it consciously. I try to just sort of let the story slowly get in, under my skin, and and then toward the end of it, I think, is what, where it usually pops up. You're like, oh, this is what this is about. <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. That's the way I write too. Like where it's like kind of like a developing picture. I don't just like oh, I gotta write this scene. It's like well, no, it's right. like, it'll come to you if you know. I mean, that's why I see. Exactly. It. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, if you get if you're getting paid for some, it's one thing. But if you're not, if you're not just creating for yourself, it's like well, how do you get writer's block? What do you mean? Are you really a writer? Just create your next thing. You know, so like, they work on your work on your work on your nor detective thing. If you're feeling a little emo because you got dumped and you, when you were working on the sci-fi thing a minute ago, but you're getting not feeling that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and you know, for me, horror just you know it seems to fit just about every occasion because the, it's it's one of the only genres named after an emotion. And emotions Ooh. go everywhere. Wow, you know, they go point. everywhere. They go into a western. They go into a romantic yeah. comedy. They, they, they're just there. Fear is there. I mean, look at. Uh, I mean, some of the most horrific moments in Disney films are in movies that aren't horror films. They're, you know, mm-hmm. they're romantic fantasies. And, yeah. and all of a sudden, you got this demonic villain. You're like, Jesus Christ! You know, so it, it, horror goes where it goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And. Yeah. Uh, more inspiration yeah. than ever before since we're living in the apocalypse now, so, you know. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, every day it's like, yeah, you, um, shock me. Oh, thank you. Okay, that's... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, <laughs> I heard a stand-up comedian say he wanted to write a story about uh, <laughs> someone, a depressed person whose house is haunted, but the depressed person just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. It's well, like, Whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. It's kind of like, I mean, like the news about UFOs and stuff. It's like nothing will shock us anymore, it feels like, you know? Like yeah. they, could, they could make a realistic uh, newscast thing saying zombies are real and stay indoors and, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. 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 I mean, you really could. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. yeah, quarantine just to, I think, warped just about everybody. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well. Well, but yeah. thankfully, we're, I mean, you know, I, I actually did get COVID about a month ago. Oh, really? Yes, I, knock on wood, I never, I never got it. Yeah, I haven't got it yet. Yeah, so. I, I, I figured I just flew over everything and I was immortal with no problem. And yeah. We just, we took one trip to Astoria hmm. if he was and went to a bar and sat right next to the wrong person. Oh, oh you're pretty, with it wow, you're pretty sure because they were coughing and stuff or you overheard they had it? Yeah. Or what? Oh, okay, yeah. wow. Yeah, we were able to, to trace it right back to her. Huh. But uh, yeah, it, it didn't last long, and I didn't really get the symptoms the way other people had. I didn't feel too, you know, like foggy-headed or anything like that. I just had a little bit of tension in my neck for like one day. Hmm. And, and then uh, it took about three days to get over it. But hmm. um, so, huh. knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Did it inspire any uh, horror tales at all or scripts or moments or... Oh no! It just no. It just made me feel like I was back in quarantine. That was just real life yeah. horror. <laughs> Patient zero. <laughs> I was like, okay, I got to stay at home for a week. Oh. You know, just like, well, it, it, the inspiration did uh, kick in though with editing. I, I got a lot of things edited for episode one of the oh, Nine Attacks cool. one while I was uh, COVID bound. Hmm. So yeah, I got some stuff done, and I was able to go to you know once I it cleared up, I went over to a friend's house and showed them what I made and. Everybody got really excited about the show again because you know wow. some people, yeah. some of my friends just don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> okay, and hmm. which I understand, but I also understand that it took six years for David Lynch to make fucking Eraserhead, so they can all suck it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It takes time if you're going to make make something for yourself. You know, you got yeah. it's got to be just so. <laughs> and yeah, and you're doing it right, like a developing picture. You know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I figure, you know. Once I get through the first few episodes, it'll get easier somewhat in some ways, and then I can uh, relax. And then the next movie I make, I swear to God, I'm only casting tops three people. It's going to be all one location. Mm-hmm. This, this is the opposite of what I'm doing right now. I'm all over the damn map, and it's way too many people. But mm-hmm. I just, I said, you know, I got to do the, the, the weird one when I'm young. Yeah. And, you know, and 53 is not young. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, young to some. But it, it's younger than 63, <laughs> yeah. so I figure, you know, I'm, I'm ahead of that. Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't have thought you were that old, so, you know, maybe you got some, oh, maybe, right, le- yeah, maybe you learned some tricks in Transylvania, right? So, who knows? Hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're no longer a familiar. Who knows? Yeah. And I don't want to say too I, much I and endanger myself. <laughs> I will admit, I did see some very strange things in Transylvania. Things uh, I cannot explain. Oh, yeah. I uh, we witnessed a a dog was uh, following us around all day when we were at the castle in Boinar, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's, it's it's a fortress, not a castle per se. Mm-hmm. It's a fortress. It's where the spiked people were. Um, and we went there. The dogs hung out with us all day. Anybody who came near us, these dogs would growl at. But not you. They just followed you around, kind of friendly or what? Yep. Huh. Yep. They they put their their head in. Julia's lap when she was working on a camera lens. Um, they had scars all over them from uh, fighting other dogs and being hit by cars. What the hell? And what happened was we were taking one last shot of the castle or the, the fortress from a distance on the hill. And 
a car came down the road, top speed. This dog decides it's protecting us, and it gets hit by the car, rolls under the car, runs away, hadn't broken any legs, at least apparently. Yeah, maybe. I figure it's just going to die under a tree in the distance, because that's where it went. Yeah. And we're both very upset. Yeah, you saw a dog die, the, seemingly, but... but like. Yeah. And this family sees us and hears us, and so they take us into their... There's a, a hotel down the street, a big lodge. And they take us there because we lost our... We, we missed our ride, and mm. we're calling a cab. Well, the sun sets. It's a full moon. And we go outside to wait for our cab. Huh. There's the castle oh, under God. the full moon. Oh, God, yeah. And I look over at the area where the dog went, which is a bunch of grass, uh, like a bunch of grass and then some trees, the, the bottom of the hill of the castle. And the dog's sitting right in the middle of the lawn, or the, you know, the grass, eyes fully reflecting the full moon. Just looking at you, just sitting like a, not even just, injured, seeming? Just looking at us. Just sitting What there. the hell? What do you call that? And I, oh I looked over and I said, Julia, look, it's Buster. He's alive. <laughs> and so we got in the cab. We waved at him. He just sat there and watched us leave. Uh, it was one of the spookiest things I've yeah. ever seen. I mean, oh, my I mean, gosh. That, that's incredible. That, that car had to have been going 70 or 80 miles per hour. Wow. But I, I witnessed that, and I witnessed it in front of Julia, so she will totally corroborate my... Uh, that was just one of the spooky little things that happened. Would that be a lichen or a ghost dog? Would the I mean, or just something? Wow. Where was that? Transylvania, uh, uh, Romania, Revenant? or oh, uh, what, yeah. was, what was that again? Where Where was that exactly? Oh, this is it. Was in Poinar, Transylvania. Straight Transylvania. Uh. Um, if you look up Poinar, it's it's spelled P O E N A R I. And did you, you guys pet Buster probably, it sounds like, and before that? Uh, I, I never pet him. Because that'd be kind of weary. I mean, it, it seemingly. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to pet him because the locals told us not to, and they said also not to look up in the eye, and I didn't do that either. Hmm. But they protected us all the way, all the way down the trail. They, they flanked us on the side where the, the trail drops into the, you know, down, down the mountain. So they made us basically hug the side of the mountain so we wouldn't trip and fall. Huh. So they were very sweet dogs. Oh, okay. So they were obviously very hurting you, and they—you said they smelled Julia, and wow. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. We call them. We call them Dracula's dogs. We met this old Transylvanian lady at the lodge with a very thick accent. Said to us, and "This is, and I quote: Dracula can protect the dogs, but he can't protect the dogs." From the machines. Oh. So that gave us a bit of a chill before we went home. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Go see Transylvania. Experience. Transylvania. <laughs> yeah. Check wow. it out. Uh, yeah, if you ever want to go, yeah, go through them. Uh, get a hold of uh, uh, Nora. Her sister's name is. I'm blanking on her sister's name. She's going to be, I think. One of the two of them is going to be in Dublin with us on Halloween. But hmm. anyway, very, very sweet ladies. And I think they both have theater experience as well. So it's easy to get along with them and talk about films and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they look like very pretty vampire girls. <laughs> huh. 
Yeah. A great. That's a great title too. Very pretty vampire girls. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. that is incredible though. Wow. Yeah. Buster. Buster. That's oh, insane. Buster. Hit by a seven. Uh, and, wow. Yeah, and it was just like a sports car. It's like it was the road that you see in a lot of commercials on in like. It's a windy ass road, and you'll see some hot car just bearing mm. down this windy snake-like road. I forget the name of the road, but they basically call it the snake. Hmm. And it's behind Dracula's freaking fortress, but you see it in car commercials all the time. Oh, it's the actual. Oh wow, the actual road gets rented out. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's right behind it's not the like fortress. It. And you, oh. They always cut the fortress out of the shot. Huh. So yeah. So whenever you see that. Windy Road car commercial, and if you ever see one again, know that that is right behind Dracula's fortress. That's wild. Yeah, and people have seen it over the years, over and over and over again, without probably even being yeah. aware. Yeah, and you, you would think, like, why not have this cool fortress in the shop, but I guess yeah. just a, uh, huh. Romania. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The Transylvania, literally translated, means the land beyond the forest. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. Yep. Pennsylvania. Land beyond the forest. Hmm. Uh, spooky place. Wow. Indeed. Huh. Yeah. Right. Well, Dylan Horror Maestro, I've taken enough of your time. Thanks for, wow, those haunting tales. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I got a million of them. Man. <laughs> yeah. We'll definitely have you back well, on. thank you for... Thank you for letting me uh, speak with you today. I don't get to uh, speak with a lot of people much these days. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you're busy creating the art, so yeah. Man. Yeah. I don't get on the phone much either. Quarantines and quarantines of your own creation. You know? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'll yeah. see you in Gwignall Fest and uh, with the Elfmans, hopefully. I'm definitely going to check those out. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's like I say, uh, it's a show not to miss. It's... It's just, it's, what's the best way to put it? I would say um, filmmaking with a heart. I mean, it's it's indie filmmaking at its finest. It's weird, it's offensive, and it's hilarious, mm-hmm. and the music is infectious. Mm-hmm. That's what Richard Elfman is in a nutshell to me. He's a one of a kind, and, uh, he, and he created Oingo Boingo. Wow. I mean, the man's a damn... Walking legend, huh. and he uh, and the cool thing is that I don't know if he'll be able to do it in Portland, but his shows in LA after the after the movie's over and after the the live show, he makes barbecue ribs for you. What really? Yeah, yeah. Wow, he's a. It's my favorite a, food. That's uh, back when these used to be like how you got back in your email with passwords years and years ago. Like ribs was my, you know, what's your favorite for twenty? Do you know? Yeah, lucky. <laughs> 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 That's cool. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's going to be difficult because he says, you know, I don't have any of my equipment <laughs> in Portland. I'm, you know, all my stuff's in Hollywood, so. Uh, we might have to do a limited thing or might have to scrap it, but, you know, we'll figure yeah. it out. We'll, even if it's just a house party afterwards and we just go go over to my friend Adam's house and I'll just I'll just say, like, you know, just, you can serve 12 people. That's cool. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> yeah, serve 100 people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
There's got to be a grill here, right? So. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I can't wait. Well, thanks again, man. Oh, and uh, tell Julia, hey. I shall. Thanks, Kev. Yeah, anytime, bro. I'll see ya. All right. Later. Late. <laughs> and that was the great Dylan Hillerman, legend. And uh, check out his stuff. The Elfmans in December, Guignol Fest in October, and much, much more. I learned a lot. Were you guys scared? And we'll be right back after this brief message. This portion of that Kev One show is supported by Bohemian Dream Gifts. Made with organic and natural oils that nourish and hydrate your skin. Man, I don't know if it's the weather outside or the gym that was killing my skin. Because my right elbow on the... Uh, it itched like the Dickens. Like I've become like the lizard from Marvel Comics. Um, I think it's that machine where you put your elbow in and do the lifts, you know, for the bicep. But uh, I was itching my skin like crazy during a... Well, I won't say who because I don't want them associated with rough skin. With one of our guests <laughs> here in the near future here. <laughs> but my left, my right elbow was getting ashy and coming up getting red and irritated. Anyway, I used some of the promotional cookie dough body oil from Bohemian Dream Gifts that they gave us. And my skin... I'm not kidding. Came back. I can vouch for that one. The cookie dough oil baby body oil. The cookie dough body oil brought my skin back to life like an Evanescent song. I'm not kidding. My skin is smooth and happy again. 100%. You can buy cookie dough oil on Etsy at the Bohemian Dream Gifts shop. Check out their other stuff as well. But that's one that I that I swear by now. <laughs> and as soon as my promotional one runs out, I'm going to order some myself. So go to Etsy and visit the Bohemian Dream Gifts shop today. And now, back to the show. What a phenomenal guest. I hope you guys had a great time as well. As good a time as I did, but I don't know if that's scientifically possible. <laughs> See you guys in a week, and if you guys can't wait, go to Patreon backslash that Kev One Show. You know how to spell it that K E V number one in show. <laughs> you know, you know the drill. It's like Kevin but number one instead of an I. Or if you're dyslexic, that one Kev show? But um, that Kev one show. Patreon backslash that Kev one show for daily hits. You never know. I don't even know what I'm going to put on every day. But I put stuff on there, content, premium content for my premium fans every day. Um, I'll say internal. The inside behind the scenes of the show, um, extended versions, director, director's cut, if you will. <laughs> um, episodes a week early. Um, and I'm in constant contact with you guys, the super fans. So feel free to give me any uh, tips on what you guys want to hear early. What do you want to hear now? Uh, I try to stay on to talk to every single one of my patrons. I'm definitely in constant communication. I check in a lot, and I've been doing a good job. I'm proud of myself. And I know you guys all well. So I can always say, I love you all, and I couldn't do the show without you. So thanks again. Thanks for listening. Thanks for giving me any positive vibes you guys are giving, and I'm giving it right back to you. So thanks again. Much love, and I'll see you guys all in a week before all the time. I'm always here with you, and uh, let's rock roll. Stay on this road and flow, fly, thrive. More than survive. It's our time. Good night.